What a miserable looking Friday, don't you think so, Lumi? I don't know, it looks bright and sunny at the moment, so what at are you on about? <laughs> well, it's been raining all week in Auckland and it's getting colder, so it's a bit lame. Yeah. But anyway, welcome back everybody to yet another episode of Keeping Your House Warm, where we tell you um, property related stories that we've been reading all week. Um, we try to choose the ones that are far out of left field type of stories uh, that we tend to just laugh about in hopes that you'll be laughing with us too. And as a side effect, keep you warm with good vibes and laughter during the coming winter months. Uh, while speaking of good vibes, you may have noticed that Keelan's voice has changed. This is because he's on leave. He's a bit sick, but don't worry. He's been replaced with one of our mortgage advisors here at Finex, Lillian. So Lillian, why don't you tell us who you are? And what? And do you think you can banter as good as Helen? Oh, competition is on. <laughs> <laughs> no, hi everyone. Um, Lillian here, mortgage advisor at Finex. Um, and I know that Anthony and Helen has been doing this um, for a few weeks now. Yeah, been a few weeks. Yeah, um, been listening to their conversations, and I gotta say, it does give me a lot of laughters on my drive home. Um, you know, getting a bit of insight in the market and definitely they do read in terms of um, some news out there that I don't have time to read about. So it's just <laughs> quite good to, you know, just having that recap um, within just the podcast episode that they do. So as you can all hear uh, right now, Lillian likes to laugh and smile. And even when she's telling me off sometimes, she, she's got a bit of a smile on her face when she is telling me off, which is a little bit scary if you ask me. I thought they would lighten up the mode a bit. But moving right along, uh, starting us off is this story. On Monday, the 16th of May, a new hotel has opened in Auckland CBD. You might know what it is. It's the Movenpick Hotel. Uh, so this is a pretty special hotel. For those who don't know, Movenpick is an ice cream company. I honestly didn't know they um, they opened up hotels around the world. Did you, did you know that? No, I actually did not know that until I saw the sign when we were coming back from Waiheke um, through the ferry. And I was like, oh, that's uh, a nice looking building. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I thought it was the, um, you know, the head office or whatnot. And then, but found out that actually a hotel. Yeah, it's a hotel. So like we said, it's you not only get to stay in a nice hotel room, but they also... Um, offer a room service 24-7 if you want a sundae or any other dessert and they'll just give it to you, I guess. Um, now, I had a look at their prices. So for one night with a queen-size bed uh, for two people is $329 and if you want an ocean view room is $429. So you'll have to pay another extra $100 just to look at the viaduct. Um, does this sound like something you'd be keen on? Well, because I live in Auckland, um, so I get that view for free anyway, right? I'm not necessary from high up, you know, or, mm. you know, view from up high and things like that. But I've got to say, to pay an extra $100, uh, as an Auckland, you know, uh, Auckland resident, I'm probably not, um, you know, not too keen on that price. However, I would think that, that you know, for a visitor that's coming into the country, it'll be a really good experience. Um, who can say that, you know, they get 24 hours Sunday service or I saw that they also have chocolate hour as well. Mm. So, you know, for sweet tooth or sweet lovers, it's dream come true. Yeah, that chocolate hour sounds amazing. I think they also put on like a, like a ice cream or um, Sunday making show in the afternoon or something. That's what it says on the website anyway. Um, but yeah, 
almost $500 to stay in a hotel. Um, it's probably an experience once in a lifetime, but only once um, for me. But that's only because I live in Auckland and you know I, I know what the city looks like. At the same time, I could just buy a $10 ice cream <laughs> and eat it on my bed and it might be the same experience. But you know, if you are visiting, um, I know there's a few people who have listened um, from overseas. Come have a look. Um, it's, I mean, it's open now, so just book in whenever you want. But following on from this theme, Lillian, Airbnb has introduced a few major features to their services. Um, have you used Airbnb much? Not a whole lot, but I have used them a couple of times and I have had really good experience. So most notably, adding in um, quote-unquote split stays. Uh, so this means you can stay in multiple places um, using the same booking. So that means you don't have to rebook and choose the day and you know that kind of thing. So this is following on from what we touched on last week where many people have found that they can work remotely. So in this case, why not add a bit of adventure to it? Uh, there are some pretty quirky um, accommodation that they've put on offer here. Most of them are overseas in, in Australia. You know, one day you might want to stay uh, in a treehouse or a windmill. But I think the coolest one so far that I've seen, which is featured in the article, you get to stay in a yellow submarine. Um, it's situated in the Manawatu Wanganui region, which is the north of um, Wellington. It's in New Zealand. It's quite literally a yellow submarine which can house four guests. This, this actually looks really cool for maybe a weekend. Would you try it out? Absolutely. I'll do anything for like a travel experience. Um, I do, I don't know, I've got infected with a travel bug for so many years of my life now. Um, I used to work as a cabin crew. So as you can see, you know, I do love traveling. So I would do, I would say anything to get any kind of experiences. Because um, to me, you know, memories stays forever, whereas everything else come and go. Um, so that's really good, I guess, offer or interesting one. Once again, it may be like a lifetime experience. So just once and you take off your bucket list and, you know, that's it. But then you get to talk about it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And who would have that kind of story where you could tell your friends, yeah, I stayed in a little submarine once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because then, um, you know, we've been talking about going to tree houses or, you know, those little cottages and that um, even, you know, like you guys talked about in your first episode talking about that tiny homes, yeah. um, you know, environment and that, that you know, that is definitely in my bucket list um, that I'm wanting to do. Go just get away from the city. Yeah, you know? and the thing is if, if uh, Airbnb is offering a much longer stay or um, if you're in the same region as um, most of these Airbnb spots, you can just travel around basically your country or, you know, in New Zealand, you can travel different spots. You just use one booking and you can still work away. And I think that's that's sort of the future. If you are wanting to, you know, work and move around remotely, then as long as you've got Wi-Fi, I think you're sorted. Exactly. And employers or companies nowadays, because of what COVID happened and the experience that they've got you know, from um, their staff working away or working from home, they used to the fact, you know, some of the employee may wanting to do a bit of a hybrid, um, you know, flexibility of their. So yeah, it's it's really good in terms of having that options. Yeah, if you consider yourself a bit of a nomad, then yeah, totally go for it. But let's get back to the property market. Um, there's an article here from One Roof asking the question: With the prices of um, houses dropping, are real estate agents worth hiring if you're trying to sell your house? Um, so what do you think the benefits are? 
if, if you do want to hire an agent? I definitely do still see the benefit of hiring an agent. Uh, obviously, they have a lot more sources um, that they can dip into in regards to like promoting your property. Say, you know, they've got their clients that's already existing in their books that they know exactly what kind of property they're after, that they, you know, they can introduce your property to those buyers. So yes, um, you know, even with the downturn in the current market, that um, even that will, I would say, even more reason why you should hire a real estate agent because then they would know who's out there looking to buy at the moment rather than you trying to figure that out yourself. Um, even, I guess, unless you, your networking is, you know... On top of everything. On top of everything else, it's really good. Um, or like you know a lot of people um, or like you've worked in the industry so you know people around you wanting to that. Otherwise, I would say I would still rely on that you know, that service, that professional that mm. they've got there. I mean, according to this article, even they've, they've uh, collected some data. So using a, a real estate agent, obviously, uh, as Lillian was saying, it does have a positive effect when you're trying to sell your home, meaning you'll get more uh, for um, what you wanted originally because they do have the skill set to try and um, upsell your, uh, your property. Um, but so here's the deal. Do you think people still have last year's prices in mind when they're trying to sell during this current market? Yes, I do think some of us or some vendors out there are still thinking or having still have quite high expectation or hasn't actually bring it down. Or if they have, they only brought it down a little, not as much as what the market seems to be. But on top of that too, is that because of the current market, I mean, everyone would want to buy at a low price and everyone selling would want to sell at a high price. So, you know, that's there always that gray area where you're wanting to meet somewhere in the middle. So with, at the moment, it is a buyer's market. Yeah. Everyone is thinking that they will be able to get the house for a little bit cheaper, um, getting it for a bargain. Um, and therefore, you know, they would want to go in a lot lower price um, and therefore not so much meeting the vendor's expectation. Um, but not in say, saying that, um, it doesn't mean the vendor has to go down, you know, as low as what the buyer is offering at the moment. Mm. There's still that middle ground that both parties should try to reach to. Yeah, well, I guess it all comes down to negotiation, right? Now, so we watched an auction actually in the office the other day, and it took so long to get to the market price. And to be honest, I got bored halfway through. Um, do you think now all the auctions are happening that way because you know sellers want that high price, but not a lot of people want to, you know, purchase it for that kind of price? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and at auction too, you know, there's always that pressure. Either you are a buyer or you are the vendor. You know, you will always get the pressure from, I guess, in a way, your real estate agent, um, your presenters. Of course, with the um, buyer, you know, they were trying to upsell and then ask you to increase the price a bit up to actually meet the vendor's expectation. And, you know, depending on what your response is, they also then talking to the vendor as well, trying to lower down that. So yes, at the end of the day, they are there to negotiate with both sides to yeah. come up to that agreed amount. So at the end of the day, you know, the intention or the motivation um, for them is to be able to sell the property. So then that way can they can own commissions or earn the income. And I guess um, mortgage advisors like yourself work similarly where you obviously know the market and you know how, you know that you know the ins and outs and the tricks to get the money that uh, people need to buy a house. So I guess, you know, working with an agent 
has a lot of benefit instead of you know tr you trying to work out the um, market itself and trying to price it up and trying to get um, the money that you want at the end of the day. You know, working with a professional is always a good idea, but obviously completely up to you. We're not here to tell you what to do, but we're here to suggest things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, another thing too, just putting the money aside or in terms of like the professionalism. Uh, oh, well, actually professionalism is definitely in here, this one. Another thing I do find that in terms of private sale, um, it's great if you know about the property or you know how to analyze the property and looking at it. But I guess for um, someone that doesn't know anything about the property or whatnot, I guess one concern or one fear that I would have is that, is there anything wrong with the house? What if the vendor is hiding something, but because there's no, that third party or know that, you know, someone that's being there have needing to meet all of their legal requirements, mm. you know, what what is going to happen if soon later on you found out that something's wrong with the house and, yeah, I don't know, again, this is touching into the legal topic, which I have completely no experience or no idea about. But again, that is one of the fear that I would probably have yeah. um, if going through, you know, don't know anything about the property and then just find mm. someone down the road you don't even know who the vendor is and things like that you know well even on the flip side if you are wanting to buy a house would uh you know a professional or like a mentor in the property market would that help you out quite a bit as well yep for sure because then they will be able to give me you know a little bit of an insight in regards to like what the market is doing the moment there's so much that you can read on the news and whatnot but at the end of the day it is all the noise in the market oh and most of them are negative yeah um and you know people would like to turn turn into what they wanting to hear or what they wanting to search up on google and it some, sometimes it doesn't really necessary that's exactly what it is um in real life so i think i guess you know rather focus on just what i am doing um instead of what the market is doing yeah the saying is that you buying your house you're not buying the market's house you know mm, that's actually a good quote you can write that down um <laughs> <laughs> but what i'm seeing though is that um, the people who are drawing the short straw at the moment are first-home buyers. Do you think that's the case? Uh, I mean, are we seeing them really struggling to buy their house because of all these interest rates? And I mean, I think the go-to at the moment for first-home buyers would be buying a townhouse or a new build. Uh, but even then, obviously, we've talked about this countless times. You have to wait for the building materials to turn up, things like that. The current market you know, when it is the buyer's market, I would say that is definitely like a, um, you know, the best time for first home buyer to go in, even though, yes, the interest rate is higher, but what would you want, you know, paying a bit higher interest rate so that, um, but you can get the house price for a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, having that, I would say it's a short-term loss for a long-term gain, or do you want oh, to... Great um, quote. <laughs> Pretty good on my quotes in that today. <laughs> yeah, man, you, I should bring a notepad next time, write all these quotes down. Yeah, maybe you should attach my name to that too. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, or last year when the interest rate is super low, the market is so hot, um, house prices is way too high. So you end up paying, what, three or $400,000 on top of the current, um, you know, just say, you know, you could be saving that. And the interest rate, of course, you know, it, it fluctuates. So it will stay high, but you know, how long would it be staying high for? How long would that high interest rate to equal to that two or 300,000 
that you would be saving on your pounds price. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's just about finding what what do you prioritize. Um, so moving right along to somewhat of an interesting topic, a news hub article are suggesting that a lot of young adults in New Zealand, now that the borders are open, they're wanting to leave. Um, strictly maybe for their careers, maybe they don't think, you know, uh, career development is not a thing in New Zealand for them. And obviously the money is a bit more overseas, like places like Australia. For the economy, is that a good, do you think that's a good thing for a lot of young professionals wanting to leave New Zealand? Or what does that say about, you know, culture here? Well, if we talk about economy, obviously it's not great for the economy. Yeah. We want to keep, you know, our skills, um, workers, and, you know, we are to keep improve, of course, the country and, you know, grow it even more, develop it further. Um, but talking about individuals, let's just say a young one that wanting to, you know, go and get the experience and then looking at all of that benefit, um, you know, who wouldn't say no, right? Mm. But I think it also come down to in terms of, um, what do they prefer or how do they feel about leaving their home? Because obviously it is a very big decision or a big move um, to just go, you know, move overseas by themselves where family and friends, you know, are here. And also in terms of like how long are they going for? I would say that let's just say if they move overseas to have that experience or upskill themselves even further and then in the future they're coming back here to add into our economy, that's not bad because, you know, that is pretty much investing in that town so then they can come back even better um, to help the country or help the economy better, you know, or coming back to the, to their home and whatnot. But to be honest, when are we talking about the border open? I don't know if you remember, but I used to say that as soon as the border open, I'm out of here. <laughs> And look, here yeah. I am. Like, yeah, you know, still I'm here. still here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the comfort zone, mm. you know. Well, this is exactly what you said. It is the comfort zone. And the thing is, like, now that the borders are open, there will still be restrictions be because of the virus. And it's not completely out. You'll still need to, you know, do the testing and look after yourself and all that kind of thing. But as, as the world opens up, I think a lot of young people who, um, you know, miss the whole OE experience are now wanting to leave like you said, to upskill in their career, come back uh, a better professional. But if most of our young 20s do that, then we'll start seeing them disappear. And, you know, yes, they will come back uh, a better experienced um, professional. But in saying that, I guess the majority of the New Zealand working force would be (laughs) either in their late 30s or early 40s. And that does, you know, take into account that New Zealand is is seen as... um, mostly a a mum and dad country where you buy a batch, live your life, and it's not, you know, there's not a lot of rowdy things happening. That is a very good point. And saying that though, obviously I don't have the data or the number in front of me and whatnot. Um, We've been talking about young Kiwis leaving the country because there's better opportunity elsewhere. Um, Perhaps, you know, there's a question for us to answer, what can we do to improve our current you know, offers um, our current working environment. So then that way we can keep more young Kiwis in the country rather than, you know, giving them a reason to leave yeah, to find true. another opportunity. Because I think it comes down to, I guess, you know, the culture, the working environment, um, the, the offer or employment package and whatnot. 
And I'm sure everyone would know this quote. And again, I do use this quite a lot and I do treat this to heart. Richard Branson's quote, you know, you train your employees so well so that they can leave, but you, tra- you treat them well enough so then that they don't leave. So again, I guess, you know, that, and again, another deep quote today, but I am sure everyone um, would I'm agree with me. <laughs> I'm sure everyone would agree with me that they, you know, they're wanting to um, work for a company or an environment where, you know, leaving is not an idea or not, an, you know, an option for them at all because they've been treated super well in terms of, you know, everything. Yeah, if the work-life um, balance is actually balanced and you know, these young guys or anyone else that's wanting to leave for that matter um, is finding that their work environment, you know, supersedes their idea of leaving because they enjoy it so much. Then, yeah, why, why would you leave? New Zealand's culture is very much uh, based on its lifestyle. Why would you go somewhere foreign um, and start something else, something new um, when, let's say, your workplace is already great? Exactly. And again, I think with that one too, words will get around and you will probably be attracting more young um, professionals coming into New Zealand, wanting to move over to New Zealand um, and that way you will be growing the market or you know the economy a lot better that way too because you'll get more um, skills. Mm. And that's obviously, um, that's up to each individual business and that's how they want to run things. But speaking of which, a topic that you like to talk about, Lillian, um, but let me let me uh, preface this by um, putting into our next story. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week where EV cars, electric vehicles, are the way of the future, it seems like. Um, again, I don't know, you know, the carbon emissions, obviously, in the long run, they'll be better than petrol cars. But in terms of making them, making a whole lot of EV cars and changing the batteries and you know, the cost of maintaining these batteries. I think I saw an article uh, way, way back where a man who owned a Tesla wanted to get his battery changed because of some fault. Would have cost him $50,000. So instead, this guy attached a bunch of TNT and some explosives to the car and just blew it up. Because to him, it, he didn't want to pay that f- extra 50K. Instead, just bought another car. <laughs> So linking it back to New Zealand, um, MITRE 10 is now partnering um, with these uh, electric vehicle companies and they are now starting to add in charging stations. Now we've seen this um, all over the country already, you know, more specifically closer to us. We know that um, there are some charging stations next to our work um, in Greenland McDonald's. There are some charging stations there. Um, Sylvia Park, when they were built, they added um, Tesla charging stations. It is spreading and it does look like it's on its way, these EV cars. But again, the cost is still quite high. Lillian always talks about wanting to get a Tesla and I think she's close to getting one. Very close in getting one. Um, in fact, I went and to did a test drive um, with them you know, not long ago. And honestly, I would say I absolutely fell in love with the car. Um, it's <laughs> yes, um, the drive smooth. Um, you know, it's not no, it's not a lot of noise. And I know you boys will prefer your engine noise. I well, the thing is with Tesla, you can install that noise in too, so you still can get oh, that. So it's fake noise. <laughs> but yes, there's a lot more charging stations around. Um, and I think Vector, if you charge with them, you get the first thirty minutes for free as well. So again, it. 
you know, if you work or live near one, you can just plug it in half an hour each day. In theory, you don't need to pay for anything. Um, with the high fuel prices at the moment, I guess EV cars become more and more uh, popular. And especially, you know, with the government rebate in terms of the clean cars and that as well up to, I think, just over eight grand. Mm. Um, that helps in terms of like purchasing um you know, the EV cars and whatnot. Now, talking about the price tag of the EV car, yes, for sure, it is quite a bit more compared to a petrol car. But again, it all comes down to what kind of petrol car that you after. Yeah. For example, if you're going to buy a brand new Lexus SUV, a hybrid version, which I had a look at it as well, <laughs> um, you know, it's starting cost is at around the 64K and Tesla starting cost is about the same. So, mm. you know, if you're comparing that to that of the hybrid one, of course, you still need to pay for petrol. Whereas Tesla, you probably don't need to pay for anything, you know, um, or, you know, as part of your power bill at home. So, yeah, comparing those two with that similar price tag. Um, interestingly, when I went into Hyundai, um, to, of course, I'm, I'm doing my study around all the EV cars at the moment, so you can tell. Um, so we went into Hyundai and wanted to test drive the Ionic 5. Um, again, you know, one of the EV, the latest EV car that they have. Um, the salesperson there, which I find quite interesting, um, he was absolutely talking me out of buying an EV car. Oh. And yeah, and even though that is specifically what I went in for, is that I want to get, you know, to go for a test drive, you know, of the Ionic 5, um, he was basically trying to talk me out of it, saying, of course, it is a lot more expensive and it's not necessarily saving me money on petrol costs because what, in a year, um, on average, you probably spend about, I don't know, three or 4,000 a year on um, petrol. Probably will be a lot higher now with the current prices. Oh, yeah. um, but again, that, you know, the differences between like a, a petrol car and a Ionic 5 is probably about the, you know, 30 or 40K, you know, if we just get an average one. So it will take you, say, I don't know, 10 years or whatnot in order to match with the price differences. Um, but then again, and straight after that, he took us to an SUV that costs similar to the Ionic buy. So that just really doesn't make sense in terms of like, you know, trying to upsell a guest. Yeah, car. I think what, it, what, he's, what he was trying to do was sell you a petrol car because he wants to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think we can come up to that conclusion yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, on a side note, though, with the um, the government helping out with um, the fuel tax for lately, and it is running out, what they also tried to do was half the price um, of public transport. Now, that is also running out. Primarily, public transport users, I would say, are people who can't really afford cars these days, sort of the lower income end of um, society. And I'm not saying that's good or not, I'm not saying that's bad either. It is unfortunate that the cost if you don't have a car and you you have to use a car or some sort of public transport to get to work you know it's going to cost you a bit more now because they are taking away the half price public transport now we we constantly talk about this and say that uh, buses in auckland aren't really that reliable but chucking in the prices of electric vehicles these days and if that's the way of the future again the people who lose out are these these guys who are on the lower end of the spectrum and really can't afford to buy, you know, pay for a $50,000 electric vehicle. You can probably get a hybrid one for half that price, but even still, that's what, 20 grand? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that's a lot of saving, and it's not really helping out those guys. And I really don't know what the options are. I don't know either, to be honest. Because um, for me, you, you know, absolutely. If I uh, when I compare um, New Zealand public transport to overseas, I would say that our public transport is really no good. <laughs> um, again, Running that one, that too. <laughs> You know, well, you know, I've been to say um, Australia, which is you know our the closest to us. The public transport is amazing. It always runs on time. It's fast and also cheap as well. You know, it your commuting time to work doesn't take a lot longer compared to if you drive a car. Um, so then, therefore, public transport is quite popular in Australia. Or if we're talking about Asia, Singapore or Hong Kong, you know, it comes in every two minutes. Um, and again, if you, you know, running late two minutes, that's okay. And the commuting time is still, you know, it's probably be faster for you to use public yeah, transport <laughs> compared yeah. to like using. I, I mean, um, I lived car. in Sydney for four months and I use public transport because I couldn't afford a car. Yeah. So that's just, you know, comparing that to New Zealand, um, I'd be late to everything. Yep. Yeah, and mm. I think I wouldn't want to use um, public transport just because of um, how much time it takes to commute around and things like that. So, you know, time is money. Um, so wanting to, you know, save as much of that as possible, um, given that, you know, I'm sure that everyone here would have a very busy life schedule, whether it's with work or family. Yeah, imagine the bus cancel on you and you actually use your, you know, the bus to pick up your kids from school. You know, what, where's kids going to yeah. stay? You know, what you are know, the like, options? Yeah. Um, you would probably have to walk there. Yep. <laughs> Which will take even longer. Yeah. But that's the unfortunate thing at the moment is that, you know, uh, for the future, I guess, of transport, like we mentioned last week, New Zealand tends to like their personal cars. Owning a personal car, I would categorize it as a luxury item in your life. Not everyone can afford it, obviously. For the future, I guess EV cars are the way to go. They will have to somehow, even with the rebate, $8,000 back, they would probably have to increase that because a lot of people can't afford it. Now, Correct. I've been looking into um, into hybrid cars and yeah, the starting price is around $18,000. I don't have $18,000 lying around. Yeah, no. Yeah. And not a lot of us will have that, or I will say many of us don't have that. Um, for, I guess, let's just you know talking about other country they use public transport as a choice because it's a lot easier and more convenient for them whereas in here i find that people using public transport is because they have to um for the fact that you know car or you know everything is too expensive um and not just about car if you work in the cbd parking is also very expensive oh yeah so therefore you know public transport is a lot cheaper um not the most convenient one, but it is definitely cheaper and save you know money on on gas and money on the car parking there as well. Personally, I definitely do not want to pay money for car parking because I just feel like I just throw money out of the window. Actually, you can get a cheap EV car secondhand, um, but then again, it comes down to in terms of the range of it. Yeah. Um, Nissan Leaf, for example. I mean, it won't get you too far, so I don't know if you it would be worth it to actually save money on that because, um, yeah, you probably can just, you know, go from your house to the supermarket and back and then that's about it. You uh, have to I recharge. Know. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not sure how, how far the range of the honest and left is, um, but I know that I think they have 
they are upgrading it and improved it quite a lot with the new model. Mm. But then again, um, you know, we're talking about like brand new cars. So then again, it's a lot more expensive. But if you're looking for second hand, hopefully it'll be a bit cheaper. But then again, you're missing out on that government rebate. So again, you know. Oh, it's only for brand new ones? Yes, I believe so. Oh, wow. That... <laughs> Never mind. I'm not uh, 100% sure. So yeah. um, I may be wrong, but I think that that is only for new, um, mm. yeah, for the new cars. I guess it is a bit of a balancing act as well. And if you're the kind of person that cares about the look and feel of what you're driving every day, probably the cheapest uh, version of a hybrid or an electric vehicle secondhand would be close to looking like an Uber. <laughs> yes. So if you don't want that, then yeah. There's, there's no, not a lot of uh, real options out there for you. I think definitely with the rise in the fuel costs and things, and every time when I filled up, um, previously $100 can get me, you know, to and from work and things like that for two weeks. Now it's barely finished, you know, it's barely a week, so it's really hurting the pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hopefully, um, you know, with uh, the recent inflation hikes and all the things that's happening that's making life a bit harder to live, you know, hopefully it does it does even out in the, in the near future. And, you know, all these things, there's, there's a bit of a bell curve. So hopefully we're at the top and now we're going to start going down. But, you know, don't quote me on that. Do not write that quote down. Only write Lillian's ones because <laughs> mine, mine are always speculation. But that's a good way. That's a good place to end it. Thanks, Lillian, for coming in and talking to us and replacing Keelan. Um, hopefully we'll get her back. We'll see what she can talk about next week. And good luck with buying that Tesla. <laughs> One day, one day. One day. Well, thank you for having me. It's nice um, having you catch up and over, you know, the whatever is happening outside at the moment. Um, like I said at the beginning, um, a lot of you would be quite busy during the day and don't have time to read up on a lot. So we really hope that with this conversations here, you get a bit of um, an information or a bit of noise on whatever that's happening in the market at the moment. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks guys. Now, if you have any questions or general comments that you'd like to tell us, flick us an email um, at keepingyourhousewarm at finax.co.nz. That's finax.co.nz. It was a good time today, even though the outside of this office looks really miserable and rainy and cold. No, it's really See? good. No, thank you so much for having me and have a very good Tuesday afternoon um, and enjoy the rest of your week. Cool. Bye. Bye.